Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Steph March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we <gasps> are here to entertain you with all things food and fun. Frivolity. We don't have like a tagline other than don't yuck my yum. Which I mean, that's it. That's all we need. That's all we need. It's enough. Okay. It is enough. Um we are uh, at the fun part of the show where we're doing the top two in hour two. Yes. Let's do it. Give him the old one. And now, The Weekly Dish presents... Top two, top two. The top two... Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two, winning, winning, Hey, this is the time of the show, you guys, when we talk about things that uh, we are kind of mildly obsessed with, we like to say. Can't stop thinking about it. You go first. Okay, I interviewed someone this week that I feel like the dishers really would love. Oh, good. Um, the name of the company is Heirloom Collaborative. Yeah. And it's a woman. Her name is Rachel Ingber. And I did a podcast with her, and you can find it at my Substack at Stephanie's Dish. But basically what she does is she helps you gather your family recipes she will either you can type them in and send them to her or she can type them in. She has all different kinds of opportunities to work with her, but she makes you a family cookbook. Oh. So she will take pictures if you want. She will put the recipes together in a typed form. She will format them. She will put it into a book version. She will design a cover. She will create a story if you want about your person. And she will make this book for you. It's very reasonably priced, I think, because it's a lot of work to do a cookbook, as you know. Yeah. She did 10 of them last year. She's hoping to do 20 this year. Her pictures are beautiful. She really captures the essence like she's done. She started the first one she did was for her own family, for her husband's grandma. And she's just made some really beautiful family heirloom like books Mm -hmm. about the family recipes, which Ultimately, True North Cabin Cookbook pretty much was that. Right. And she will help you do this and put it together. It's great for like anniversaries or um, wedding anniversaries, uh, grandma birthdays, significant birthdays. She's adorable. I do it. You know, I've done a couple books on Blurb, which is that website I've talked about and I've given that out a bunch of Mm -hmm. times. And that's like you're doing it yourself. I kind of love for people who have no like, you know, formatting skills or whatever, yep. having someone else do it for you. And you can go to her website, heirloomcollaborative.com, 
heirloomcollab.com. I'll put a link up on the a weekly dish show page. And she like has sort of the base model broken down for you. Yeah. It's the it's anywhere from like twenty eight hundred, I think, to five thousand, which isn't a lot for a book of this caliber. Yeah. I know it seems, but if you like go in as a family or like a couple, it's just I was when I interviewed her, I was super impressed. The way she thought about the book and, you know, as a, someone who writes cookbooks, she's doing what I'm doing, but she's doing it for you. Good. And that's a service that I think if you want that in your life, connect with her. She was really great. Good. Heirloom collab. Heirloom collab. Okay. Yep. Well, my first one is going to be both of ours is going to actually be a both of us because we went to proof the hoagie pop up at Surly Brewing on Friday. And to say that this is four years in the making is not a lie because <laughs> those cats were uh, were going to do this in February, in March of 2020. And I literally had watched them for the months leading up to it. They went to New York and they were like getting totally nerded out on bread and how the perfect hoagie bun is and like all these things. And I watched them waiting, knowing that I was going to get a hoagie at the end of it. And then it just disappeared. And it was like one of the bigger heartbreaks of the pandemic. And so I was so excited to hear that Evan Vranian, who went off to start Mario's in St. Paul, that little sandwich pizza shop, has is back at Surly. And so he, they decided to do a, a proof pop up. And so these hoagies were pretty huge, by the way, don't you think? I thought they were delicious. Yeah. Big as in like a delightfully large, yeah. bready, uh, crispy meatball cheesy yeah. sandwich. It was a two-person sandwich. It was a two-person sandwich. It was a toothy bread also. This is not like a soft Subway roll. This is bread that requires a little work from you, and you I must have it. solid teeth. Um, but it was so flavorful, and that crunch was perfect. I just, I and all the toppings, I had the muffaletta, which was had this beautiful green sauce on it, as well as the perfect, like, you know, earthy, dusky olives in there. It's my favorite. What did you have? I had the meatball. You did. And I loved their meatball pizza. Yeah. I just, I always love a good meatball Perfect. pizza. It was really delicious. I gave, I brought, came back to the station and gave Ellie the other half. She loved it. Oh, good. And their hope is to have these once a month. And then as we get into the warmer months, maybe more often. So they talked about doing it on the last Friday of the month. And then uh, we saw Omar. He was there and he came over and said that he's like, we're just going to see how this goes. And, but here's how it went. It sold out in 45 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Like, it, they, it was supposed to go from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. We walked up at, I walked up at like noon and they were like, yeah, it's, they sold out. And they'd held a couple for us, which was lovely. But my God. Yes. So that's that one. So go ahead. What's your second one? My second one is allergy season. Allergy season. Why is it happening in because the middle of winter? Because no snow. <clears throat> oh my gosh. I'm sorry, people. Okay. I had a delightful week of shooting and one of the people that I shot with was the curry diva, Heather yes. Jans. Yes. And I know have known her forever. And I don't think I was putting together that she's actually kind of running her own like little restaurant situation on Saturday nights at Butter Bakery. Yeah. So you can order takeout. You can reserve a table. Yeah. She's going to cook all of the things. She's got the rotis. She's got the doll. She's got all of the condiments that she makes that are delicious. Just the chutneys that she made i mean and this lady she makes it so easy like we made this rice dish and it was fantastic and she just like threw it together in a rice cooker it was embarrassingly easy yeah and everyone that had her food was like oh my gosh this is like the best food ever 
And I just like was like, tell me about your pop-ups. Because I don't know why, but pop-up in my brain was just like at like random. But no, every Saturday night yeah. at Butter Bakery. Saturday? You can go. I think so. Every, let's see. Let me see. It's I, Saturdays. Okay. Yep. Every Saturday. Sure. Great. You can go. You can reserve a table. And she's like running her restaurant just on Saturday night. Yeah. And if you think about it. So, and the big thing with her Ayurvedic you know, cooking is like it activates. I'm glad you said that. I know. Word, I, I, I knew you were not going to say it, so nope. I thought I'd offer it up for you. Um, but it is the idea, and I'm sure I'm saying it. You know, not you know, in the you're, perfect way. That's right. But the idea of what it does is it activates part of the the part of your body. It activates things that are that help derive that help make your body healthier. If you're looking for something, you're like, I'm trying to be better. Not just like I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm not talking that. But you're like trying to be healthier. This these foods, you know, like lentils and the spices and all this stuff work in concert like it's an ancient Indian tradition of I mean, that's where yoga comes from. My God, you know, it's like the idea of thinking holistically about what you're eating and doing to your body. And this the kind of cooking that Heather does. And then she talks you through it about like what this stimulates in your body. And like, this is great for this. And this is great for this inflammation, whatever. And it's fantastic. And all of it's gluten free. It's dairy free in uh, naturally. Yeah. Like without like. Putting a substitute in to make, but like you still get the flavors, like the beautiful things. It was just, it was super fun to spend time with her, but also just the flavors of the food. And also was with a young man who had never really had curry. He's, he's just, that wasn't the way that his family was very meat and potatoes. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of, he would say he's not a picky eater. He would just say he's not an experienced eater. Right. So watch him have like this curry food for the first time. And like all of us were like, do you like it? Do you like it? There was like so much pressure on him. He was like, I do like it. And then I sent him a take home container. And, you know, like that's the kind of thing, like maybe you'll eat it. Maybe you won't. The very next day he brought them back to me empty and clean. He was like, it was amazing. I had it for dinner last night. So that was super fun too. I love to just like experience and introduce someone to something new that they didn't know about. That always makes me so happy in the food space. Oh, good. And, you know, Heather Jans brought. Sri Lankan curry house in the 70s to Minnesota. She opened the door for a lot of us. She sure did. She's fantastic. Okay. I'm just going to give you my quick second one because we're out of time, but I'm going to say Bina's, which Wait, is... Wait, can we come back and talk about it a, a little more are you, length? Are you cool with yeah, it? Yeah, I want to talk segment. about it a All little right. bit more. Well, then we'll just take a quick okay. break and we'll be right back. Hello. I'm standing outside in my underwear, shivering. They say it burns 400 calories an hour. Is this a workout craze or just crazy? No pain, no loss. I just lost feeling in my toes. We could enroll at the Y for a zero dollar enrollment this month. We'd get the latest equipment and a free fitness assessment. And it's inside. Let's go to ymcanorth.org for details. Feel the burn. The frost burn. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Seth March. Stephanie Bird. Stephanie Bird. Oh, Venus. That's what we're going to yeah. talk about. I was <laughs> laughing, though, because at the hoagie thing, yeah. the guy at the door, he's got these envelopes because we had been invited. And yeah. so he goes through the envelopes and he hands me the Stephanie March envelope. And the girl that he's standing next to him, she's like, <laughs> and he and I'm like, oh, I'm not Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. But don't worry. It happens all the time. And the like girl was like so freaked out that and the guy was like, Well, I mean, I got the first name right. I was like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was Stu, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? So he was just like, Yeah, all right, here, let me find you. Sorry about that. I know. But just her face, like <gasps> I'm like, it's fine, it happens. Don't worry. Yeah, really. Seriously. <laughs> um, okay, Bina. Bina. So let's talk about that because I do think that Is it 
I want to know exactly where it is. Is it across from the Indeed Brewing window? No, 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 no. So that's 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 Vivere. That's the Vivere Bakery is next to in, is across from Indeed, and then you go down there, Central, which is the taco Correct. spot, and then right just to the south of that is. It oh. was a barbershop. It was offices. They revamped. It Got was just it. attached. Because I couldn't figure out where in yeah. that area it no, actually it's was. attached. Okay. It's in the same big, long building now. It was a barbershop and offices. And so they, they kind of had this whole thing of like, well, if you're going to, like, it's leaving. And so you kind of have to do something with it. And so they, so Jamie Olson and crew basically turned it into what she kind of, it's a small town bar. Like she wanted to put a bar in. It sounds like it's right up Kurt's alley. Oh, it is so up Kurt's <laughs> alley. Because my husband's getting, he has a lot of allergies and food things. Yeah, yeah. So he can basically drink beer and eat hamburgers. This is what it's for. And I will say that there's like, uh, so, and what she wanted to do was she just wanted to make it comfortable. She was thinking yeah, about it sounds great. her family up north and like all the town bars that you used to hang out in when you're and And so I know that people were calling it a new dive bar, which is a not, it's an oxymoron. You really can't have a new dive bar. Dive bars are crusty and old and smell weird. And that's what you love about them. Yeah. So, and she said, she was like, I should never said that, but it is a town bar. And I was like, that's totally what it feels like. And mm-hmm. There's pull tabs in the back and the bathrooms have like Christmas decor and there's really like funky art and like art from her family's house and like stuff from when she was a kid on the wall. It's just it's a good time place. And significantly, um, there's going to be a pool table and nobody has pool tables anymore. Yeah. Kurt and Casey Bargini, actually, Lori's husband, play pool. Where did they play? They play at um, this place in St. Paul. um, That's like St. Paul Tavern or something has tables. Yeah. They kind of I mean, like, make the game rounds. Bars have them, you know. Like, of course, you can find it at like Schuler Social. Does Schuler's doesn't Schuler's have a pool table? I don't think. I so. feel like they maybe played there. I, I don't know. know. But this. So when you said pool table too, I was like, oh, this will be perfect for yeah, them. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And oh. then and the menu is really good because it's it's scratch made bar fare. So it's like you know they're making the coatings that go on the wings that they're dusting themselves. They're making. You know, they're making mozzarella sticks. They're not buying them pre-bagged, you know, and frozen from Cisco. So there's all sorts of really good things that they're doing intentionally just to make it a little bit better. Because right. they can. Because they know how to do it. Um, the next episode that I have coming out with Taste Buds is uh, we did. I did an episode with Henry Lake. Oh, I love Henry Lake. We had a really nice time. We didn't. We were like friendly from just media stuff, but yeah. not like hadn't spent time together. So it was fun to spend time with him. And I did like a bunch of different kinds of wings that we then had to sample. And I might, uh, you know, I always believe that like the oven roasting of the wings is the way to go. But we did an air fryer version too. And I'm thinking about giving away my air fryer. Uh, You know what, Stephanie? I was saying like, I don't use it hardly ever. When I move, I got rid of my toaster because I thought, well, I'll just toast here. It is sucky for toasting it doesn't toast the bagels or bread or anything correctly yeah you need a proper toast and i was like i was trying to do like one of my little like pita pocket with like a little bit of cheese and some chicken in there and like i love that melty vibe and it just didn't work at all my big problem is that my oven doesn't have a broiler right now so that's what i've been using it for anyway i digress (laughs) do you need a new oven i do well yeah this oven that came with the house is sort of you know, it's the very basic model of like the Frigidaire. It's yeah. a Frigidaire oven, which maybe isn't I've just been holding it until I needed to like, you know, get into the right space. Yes. I would like to highly recommend the GE Cafe model. Oh, yeah. That has both gas and electric. Oh. 
I've always had wolf stoves and spent a lot of money on Viking. stoves. I know. And Those are my best ones. Moving into this house, this already was there, and I was very skeptical about it, and it's fantastic. Huh. Really am enjoying this stove. Okay. Um, okay, so we're just kind of going through some dribs yeah, and drabs here. Yeah, we just got dribs here. and drabs now. <laughs> uh, yes, the dribs and drabs. There is a new Jamie Oliver cookbook. Which is weird, because where has he been? Has he been around and we just haven't paid attention? Yeah, he's, I mean, and he's got like, no offense, but like seven children, so I think he's busy. Oh. He wrote a five-ingredient cookbook um, a couple of years back that I really enjoyed. I don't cook out of it a lot. But I like it. And when we did the culling of the cookbooks for the cookbook swap, I kept it because Kurt likes it, too. And I think it's less than sometimes Kurt and I are like trying. I want him to cook for me sometimes. And, you know, it's just like because I'm doing so much cooking all the time. Right. He's like, well, you always cook. And I'm like, yeah, but I want you to cook sometimes. So maybe we can just like have one day a month or two days a month where yeah. you intentionally cook something for me. So he's been really reading Raghavan's book, uh, the curry book, because he thinks he's going to do something with curry. Oh, fun. And then I was like, you loved the Jamie Oliver five ingredient book. Why don't you make something out of there for us? He's like, well, maybe I will. So Jamie Oliver has a new one, five ingredients, and it is Mediterranean based. And it's literally not five ingredients because I think like he has like salt, pepper, olive oil, like right. some of that. They don't actually count in the ingredient list, but um, things like prawns and beans, ratatouille risotto, just simple herb steak and crispy potatoes, um, smoky eggplant. Just some smoky really eggplant is good. Yeah, just basic. There's a big push back towards the Mediterranean diet right now. And I mean, not in terms of like a diet, but like the way of eating. There's a huge push. I think there's something to do with the pasta thing that's happening right now, too. But it is pushing back towards eating Mediterranean style. It's kind of interesting. I am really, you know, we talk so much about food and about food lifestyles. And my producer on my show is vegan. And so I'm getting really more aware of her point of view. And she's younger. Yeah. And there is obviously a very strong social movement towards preserving the planet and thinking about what you're putting in your body. But more than that, what we're doing to the planet. Yeah. So, you know, thinking about things more intentionally in that way has been really good for me to just broaden my perspectives. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't think I I will never not probably eat meat. I'm just I I already know that. I'll just say it again. I will never give up meat completely. I just won't. Right. However, I will continue to expand my palate to invite new things in consider things that i haven't considered before yeah i even bought some tofu recently which was like wow okay all right i can do this i don't have a i don't yeah i I liked it but it's i don't know if i have a need for it like you know tofu wise i just sort of feel like i do enjoy it like when you go like mapo tofu from this little szechuan or any of those szechuan places that's the thing i order mapo tofu because it is i think of you when you say that oh i love it but I don't have an, I don't have a need to do it myself. I know that I don't have like the skills to make it taste beautiful and delicious. I think so. I um, it's a lot of it's just about crispy texture too. Yeah, that's true. Um, the do you, I want to talk about the curry place that's by our house. Um, that has best this, Indian or what? No, it has a beautiful cherry curry. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Dancing Ganesha? No. Okay. But when we come back, I'm going to tell you about this beautiful curry place. All right, sounds good. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You ever get that feeling where you know you need to get something off your chest? 
Holding stuff in really becomes a stressor. Things you want to mention to your boss, your partner, your parents. Bottling it up only makes things worse and start to make our life go sideways. But what can we do about it? Therapy is a great safe space to get things off our chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just putting those bottled up words out into the universe can be a big help, especially when it's in a safe space with your therapist. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You start by filling out a questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Weekly Dish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Weekly Dish. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. It took a minute, but I have found the curry that I had a couple weeks ago that I really... I don't know why I keep talking about curry today, but... Um, there, there's a place called Walk in the Park. Yeah, it is in St. Louis Park, and they have a cherry curry that has fresh mushrooms, dried cherries, asparagus, which I was sort of like, oh, we're not reading asparagus and non asparagus season, but really, uh, it was in a red coconut curry. It was really delicious. That's good. Yeah, that's so. my neighborhood uh, place to go, and I've sort of had ups and downs. I do love the wings there, by the way. I didn't get them, which is funny because yeah. normally I would. Those are delicious. Um, all right. So you guys, I want to talk about this article that came up in the New York Times and he did this really cool thing where the food team gathered 121 menus from restaurants all over the country. Okay. So they have all these different uh, menus and they're kind of looking to see if they can see a pattern and to see, you know, like what, uh, would be like the national trends that are happening right now. And I thought that was fascinating. I read this article and thought so too. Yeah. And it's just like, um, you know, because they're already out there scouting the country for their the list of the favorite restaurants. So then they grab these and they start to looking into it. So here are some trends that they noticed across the country um, of that are sort of appearing on these menus. And so they're saying it's really interesting. So the food, just the food alone. Let's start with that. Yep. They're noticing that Caesar is Caesar salads are everywhere. ubiquitous. They are everywhere. And it's the and someone uh said that, you know, it's a lot of the chef's favorite salad to eat. And so that's where you're going to find it. It's just everywhere. Like you're going to find some sort of a Caesar salad. It's pretty great. Caviar is a big trend right now. I thought this one was weird. I know. And very coastal. I know. Because I was like, are we seeing caviar in Minnesota? I don't know. We are. Yeah, you are. You can find it. And it's like not just, you know, there's like places like a Mexican place that has caviar and corn. They have quesadillas with caviar. They have... You know, it's not just like here's a caviar and a and a little pot and some toast points. There's, you know, caviar in eclairs. Like there's interesting caviar moments across the country. Yuzu is a trend, which is a favorite of mine, which is and a Japanese citrus. Was in the French seventy five at Spoon and Stable, it's actually, and very over. delicious. I mean, they have yuzu, caramelized yuzu on a piece of halibut. They're seeing it in ceviche. 
people are putting it on top of their oysters. Mm-hmm. It's in a warm farro bowl with Yum. like, yeah, with roasted beets and roasted oranges, something. and you yep, know, there it is, fried chicken. It's a boom time for fried chicken. They said of practically every style and cuisine, cuisine, chai brined crispy chicken, chicken milanese tortas, chicken katsu. Okay. Everybody is frying chicken. There is a new restaurant that's opening in New York, and I can't think of the name of it, but I read about it. And for $38, they give you a bucket of fried chicken and a split of champagne. Yeah. And fresh fries. Bubbles, birds, and yeah. Perfect. I well, want. That was what Jamie Malone and I Eric was just Anderson thinking about that. it. And I was like, Jamie Malone, if you're listening or anyone she's, knows she's her, busy. please tell her stuff. to at least maybe do this as a pop up. Yeah, I want that so, so bad. Stuff. Uh, nostalgic desserts are big, uh, like sweet potato cereal milk, bread pudding, cream sodas. Bread pudding. Yeah, bread pudding. Yeah. You see a lot of Jello. That. Yeah. Someone made a Jello Funfetti mold instant thing. pudding. I made Funfetti Rice Krispies and they were delicious. Panna cotta is a big thing. Everyone oh, loves a yeah. panna cotta. Gosh, so does Dolores. She makes it a lot for oh, us so for dessert. I think this underneath strawberry elderflower panna cotta with hazelnut crumble and basil. I mm-hmm. would totally get down on that. Love that. Blood orange. Yes. Yes. All right. See, we're back to the citrus. I know it is. It is. So another thing, uh, the aesthetics of the menus across the country. Like, this is what's interesting to me. Like, there's sort of that thing that you think you're being ultra creative and you think you have like something unique. And then you're like, oh, we found six other people who are doing the same thing. (laughs) You know what else? (laughs) That's zeitgeist. Well, and I think about that in the context of writing recipes, because... You're you're writing a recipe from something seasonal that's available in your store that you're eating right now, right? right? So it's roasted vegetable season. So you're finding all these vegetable or seeing all these vegetable roasted dishes and then you're thinking about it and then you're creating them. And like when Kurt's writing a book, he almost has to stop reading books. Yeah. And I'm starting yeah. to feel that yeah, way. Like do. I can't do a TikTok I can't even look at it because if I do, then it starts to get in my brain and wormhole like different ideas and different combinations. And I just don't want that traffic in my brain. Right. If that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And so you have to think about that for sure. Um, I will say that. So this so this aesthetic that they're talking about, one of the things that's really interesting is that menus have shrunk like it used to be when you used to get a big menu, a giant menu, or you'd have to like flip through, you know, a couple pages or whatever. People are really choosing vertical half-page menus. Just- Can I also tell you why? Okay, this well. is a function of on-demand digital printing, too. Oh, is it? It would be the paper sizes that are available. Oh, wow. Because when we could print on, like, plastics, yeah, and a lot of people were using that for menus, that became then the size because the paper only came in that size. Oh, funny. Well, that has led that has led to making it so there's not as many options on your... You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have smaller, you can't, you can't put them on. Yeah. So then it's like, you can only offer so many things. And they're saying that, um, there's a lot more openness to being unique in their brand and not look like what everyone else is doing. Um, but she creates menus for these industry. But as a designer, we felt more liberated to be able to suggest ideas. That we wouldn't suggest a few years ago. So bolder and brighter, since you're just doing a one pager, now you can go bolder and brighter. A lot of people are doing pink, yellow, you know, Barbie crazy pink. colors, so many pinks. And really fun ways of doing things. Um, they have shrunk the fonts. You are not just getting older and blinder. They have, <laughs> but shrunk. I'm also getting older and you blinder, are, right? But that's a lot of it is because they're trying to keep it to one page. So then they got to try to get as much on there that they can. And those are small fonts, right? Um, and then we have cute mascots. Lots of people are doing like 
you know, drawings of little foxes and chickens, and they've got little monkey spirit animals kind of all over their restaurants or on their menus. If you had to pick a spirit animal for you, what would it be? Well, it's kind of a loaded thing. We don't do that. <laughs> it's uh, a little bit offensive to some people to, to sort of say that. To pick a spirit animal? Yeah, because it's, it's a religious thing for a lot of people. Oh. I know. Let me get through the menu thing, and then we'll continue this. But cute mascots are a thing. Informal is in. Big time with informal menus, uh, you know, doing like written, handwritten stuff. I love that vibe where someone is like sort of like doodled on it and it's just like not typed out. Well, when you leave Muriel and you've had the multi-course meal, they yes. give you like a printed invitation of all the things you ate. That's I love really that. lovely. I really do. And just sort of making it really like some places don't have giant, you know, font, crazy design. It's just listed. It's just there. You know what I mean? I kind of love that, too. Um, and the humanity is in the details. They're saying that a lot of what reminds us of the people is like subtle touches like wax seals or little stamps or someone who has circled their favorites and then like made like a notation on it. Like, know, like in cookbooks. Yeah. And I think that's like there's something really sweet about giving one. Yeah. Like a date stamp uh -huh. on it, you know, and like it sort of roots you in the moment and it gives it almost a souvenir of the meal than just when you go out to eat. Like, and do you generally want the server to go through the menu with you or do you want to have time with the menu and just order and ask questions if you want? I like to have, I like to look at the menu for a minute and then I like to have them tell me what their deal is. Yeah. I want a spiel because I want to know if there is something special to be looking for or if they've got, I would like to say restaurants, let's bring back the spiel. I think we get spiels though. I don't feel like we get enough spiel. Oh, okay. I feel like we get a lot and maybe some like. I, I will say I was at a place in the last week that overspieled oh. where the person wasn't picking up on the cues that we were ready to order and kept spieling. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's stop. Let's stop. Let's move on. Um, but I like, I would like to bring back some of the elements of the presentation of why your menu is the way it is and what you like on it and what's intentional about yeah. it. And I had that last night at Dario. Our server was like, she's like, did you guys want to, she's like, I know that. And she pointed specifically at me. She's like, I know you've been here before. She's like, but, and I said, but I haven't seen the menu. So why don't you tell us? And she just said, all right, well, she's yeah. like, let's run through. I she's like, I would recommend like starting here and then having a pasta course and then thinking about what you want to do for this. And she was like, I happen to love this, this and this. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I like that. I'm not going to always follow your recommendations, but I love a moment of a point out, you know? Yep. It's good. Um, they're saying that the, there is a lot of the anatomy of the menu, the mission statements, pivot to labor. Everyone's talking about like a service fee or a percentage or these people are being, please note, a discretionary 5% charge will partially cover the healthcare mandates, you know, and all that kind of There's stuff. There's a couple of places in the Twin Cities that have gone back to the tipping Oh yeah, there's a there it's just going to go back and forth it's for just a bunch cycling. Of years. Yeah, so I thought it's that was interesting so again. It's hard to figure it out. Um and then as far as like like describing things, it's not appetizer entree, it's it's like small, big, bigger because people don't want to like you don't want to have to think that you have to have like the pasta course, that could be your first course. It could be the first thing you choose to eat, but it should be, you know what I mean, instead of it being like you start here and then you go here and then you go here. They're just kind of giving you a size idea. We were someplace this week where they said that, you know, we have these entrees and then everything else is like tapas style. Oh, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was a single portion 
item. Yeah. So it got confusing because then the other gal that was ordering, she was like, well, are these tapas and we're supposed to share? Yeah, I know. And then we just ended up each ordering like three things. One of the things that's different, and this is the final thing I'll talk about um, because we have to take a quick break, but this one is something about what's in a dish between, you know, somewhere between the elaborate dish descriptions of the 1990s and the single ingredient titles of the 2000s. Remember? Scallop, shiso, lemon. And you're like, but what is it? (laughs) Many restaurants have found a happy medium, just enough information to convey what a dish might actually look or taste like with a little mystery to keep you in suspense. And I think that's sort of the balance. That's the beauty. Do you want, though, like everything listed that's in a dish? So, for instance, if there's a balsamic drizzle, do you want them to say that? I do. And that's a personal problem because I if it because it does change. I want it listed if it changes the makeup and flavor profile of a dish. So you don't need to tell me that there's onions. You don't need to tell me if there's like you know, like garlic in it. I Unless it's like a massive garlic presence. I get it. You know what I mean? I don't need a whole laundry list, but I do want to know if there's like, and especially if it's a flourish. If you're f- garnishing or flourishing with something like intense, then you should know. Yeah, because we that happens with Kurt a lot where it doesn't say that it has balsamic in something and then the item comes yeah. and it's coated with it and it's like, oh, we can't have that. Right. Oh, sorry. I know. All right, so this is a really interesting article. If you guys want to flip through it, I'm going to put it on the uh, Facebook page. Um, but there's just, you can like look through all these menus and it's super interesting to see the trends nationally. So there you go. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with the, uh, with the we're going to wrap up the show for you yeah. here on Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. We are wrapping up the show with our final segment. Um, what are you doing this weekend, girl? I am going to be cooking some things. Nothing new and surprising. Oh, yeah? Um, nothing new and surprising? No, nothing new and surprising. Oh, here is something, though. Okay. So Detroit is in the the game this weekend. We're it's not, not the really, Super Bowl this weekend, right? Nope. It's okay. coming up, though. Okay. Um, we're not really sports ball people here, but uh, I was asked to do something in the game for a two-minute recipe. Okay. And I was already thinking about Detroit-style pizza. So I was trying to think of like a way that you could make it at home and make it quick. So we did a taste bud recipe for Detroit style pizza that I made on Jason's show yesterday. And we filmed a segment with it. And I was just thinking about like the real Detroit style pizza is like the right kind of pan. It's the pan. Yes. And, you know, you without that pan, can you do it? And how do you like make the cheats? So you end up. Almost having to like fry the bread yes. in the pan in this olive oil so yeah. that you can get that. And then, you know, trying to get the cheese robe. So I think we got a good at home version. Just, how did you, what pan did I you use? I used a glass pan. Oh, you used a baking dish. Yeah. And really gotcha. just like poured oil, you yeah. know, and tried to get the cheese on the, and it's a really good pizza. It's Detroit style, you know, like I realize it's not going to be a hundred percent accurate, but. It was fun to just be like trying to recreate and think about that a type of a thick and puffy thing with a crispy edge is that's a great thing. Yeah. Um. You Zoe had a a, a recipe for one in a cast iron skillet, like a round one, and it basically where you fry it, you kind of put the dough in as it's yeah. like hot and sizzling, and you basically fry the bottom and then stick it in the oven. Just thinking about that now makes me want to make that tonight. Well, <laughs> so I was telling and someone that kind of does that. That does the thing where it puffs up, and so you get the cheese and the edge. Yeah. It's a pan pizza and. I, the way I did mine was with frozen dinner rolls, just as a cheat and something quick at home. Yeah. But that uh, her artisan bread and five that you just throw in a container and then it ferments overnight in the refrigerator 
and then it lasts like three to four weeks in your refrigerator yeah. is a super great dough to use for pizza. Yeah. I was a friend of mine got an uni and they're like, well, what kind of pizza do I use? I'm like, you just need to make this artisan bread and five and, yeah. and in your refrigerator. And then if it's getting a little old, you just dough it all, put it in a ball and freeze it. Yeah. So good. So, um, okay. So let's talk about a couple things that are happening around town. Well, first of all, uh, Smorgies is another place I wanted to mention. If you are going oh, I love down, that name. isn't it great? Smorgies. That's a name of a place. Uh-huh. It's open in it's it's opening to in Monday officially. But if you're down at a hockey game at Excel, you might find them open. It is the place where you remember Apostle Supper Club, and then there he was going to open a place called Spring Break next door. Uh huh. Well, that those plans fell through, and so then the owners decided we're going to just kind of put what we you know what we think would be a great match, and so they have this very casual but fun little place called Smorgies. And it is, I love that name. It's very Midwestern flair, you know, in terms of there's hot dish on the menu. There's like French onion dip. It's that kind of stuff. And they are, um, and it's right across from the Excel and they're going to do two for ones every single day, every happy hour, every day. And they're all back to the two for ones. That means happy hours coming back friends. Uh Uh-huh. And they're just, uh, it's just sloppy joes and fun drinks. And so it's just going to, and so I think it's a great spot for before or after a game or a concert or whatever. That's Not at all that. like that type of menu, but a good place that I think has gotten overlooked that's down there is Memento. We oh, walked yeah. by it the other day and I was like, oh, have you guys, like the people I was with had never heard of it, had never been. It's delicious. Yeah. It's near the XL. It's near the St. Paul Grill. Yeah. St. Paul Hotel. So if you're looking for a St. Paul spot, Memento yeah. is a good spot too. I think too. that's a great one. That's true. Good. Yeah, it used to be Pazzaluna. Yeah, and it just hasn't, like, because yeah. it kind of had an opening and then maybe wasn't doing the right stuff, but then closed again and then reopened, and it's really quite good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, You guys know the Chili Open got canceled, just P.S. No, yeah, it did. why? Well, the Nokomis Hockey Pond Hockey Finals got canceled. There's open water on Lake Minnetonka in the area that they have had Chili Open. Oh, no. So it's, it's over. So the Pond Hockey Championships, that's done too? Yep. Because mm-hmm. the open water opened again. Yeah, it's just it's just a bad wow. thing. I know it's a bummer. Um, but there are still a lot of great northern and winter carnival things happening. You know, there are um, the Kuban Collective pop up on Tuesday. Kuban, Kuban, Kuban style. It is the uh, Gustavo Romero. He's got Yia Vang is there. The Saturday Dumpling Duo. They're there with them um, on Tuesday and then they're doing uh, fun stuff. Like they're making, it's like a collective and they're all just cooking really fun things. There's live music and it's just great. Mm-hmm. I went last year. I thought it was so fun. Um, you get lots of snacks. Um, what else is happening? Um, okay, so there is, uh, there's a Mogi bagel pop-up also. Have you had the, Mo- I think it's Mogi, not Moji, Mogi bagels. They're at Fair State Brewing today. Those sound like Montreal-style bagels, are they? I don't think they are. I think they're just bagels. Okay. But, I mean, there's kind of a... It's like people are obsessed with it. She's been popping up. She popped up at Westside Wines or, you know, at the in the deli area um, on a Thursday once, and they just, like, sold out. She's They're starting at noon today, and I'm just telling you, people tend to sell her out pretty quickly. So if you're thinking about that, they're over at Fair State Brewing. I would just go and get a beer right now. I Ooh. met the um, Eggman sandwich guy. Which what? Who's that? The that makes the sandwiches in the markets, in, in the, the market markets? in the North Loop. The oh, Eggman egg roll. Yes, yes. And he is working on some fun plans. Yes, and I've heard. He was a really nice kid. I know, and he's got great success, and I'm really excited for him. He's the guy who just like decided to go for it, go for the dream, and open an egg sandwich shop, like in the in a bodega. Yep. 
And I think that's fantastic. Um, Rog, Progressive Indian. Have you, did you went to a dinner there? Yeah, it yeah. was great. I yeah. loved it. They have to, they have tomorrow, they're celebrating Indian Republic Day. And so they are, they have a huge unlimited buffet with kebabs and non masala tea. And then they've got a couple Western dishes like tacos and French fries for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're just kind of excited about that. So I thought that was neat. Here's the thing I want to ask you about. What do you think about this silent book club idea? I don't know. Okay. Help me understand so it. It sounds good. I had seen this thing on the New York Times about a reading party. And they were like, oh, the people are, it's like basically happy hour for introverts. And it's like you basically go to a, you meet up at a bar or a restaurant or whatever. And you, and you, and this is. And you read. And you read. I like it. You read together. Sure. But you don't. It's not the same book or anything. Like sure. you bring your own you book. You just collect. You socialize for like for a few minutes. You order your drinks, and then they're like, "Okay, silent reading time." And you're all sitting in your little space, and like for half an hour or forty minutes, it's just quiet. Or maybe there's a little music, and you all are just reading your books. I could never do it, but I like it. And then in the last fifteen minutes, it's kind of like, "Okay, now if anybody would like to talk about their book or share recommendations on what they're reading, I love it. Isn't I could it the never greatest? do it because I would just be sitting there waiting to talk the I whole know, time. Imagine to talk. that he would be doing that. But I know. yeah, or love you'd it. Be local and you'd be like, "Isn't this?" Great? <laughs> I'd be whispering. I'd be like, what are you reading? Is it so good? And you're like, no, look, not yet. Look at what that right. person's reading. Well, they're doing um, a silent book club meetup at Unmapped Brewing tonight from 4 to 30 to 6 p.m. if you're into this idea. Unmapped is in was, is in Minnetonka area. So I'm cute. into the idea of getting out and exploring your communities. We have been still, I feel like everybody, get out of your houses. So look something. to the February issue of Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine because we did an entire cover story and it's about get out and find your people. Yeah. Love Meet it. up, people. All right, Thanks everybody. for listening, everyone. Have a Saturday. Ciao, ciao.